Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. And for the third episode in a row, I'm not sure what's going on, I have Brenna Calvert on the line. Woo! Yeah, we're on the streak here. Third time. Let's, let's go for four, too. Let's keep it going. It's almost like she's part of the podcast. It's weird. It's super weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> before we get to our guest, though, let's do a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Harbinger Fitness. If you've trained in the gym pretty much ever, you've probably used Harbinger Fitness training equipment. So us personally at the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team, we have the Harbinger weight vests, which are great for making training more progressive by adding weight as you get better at obstacles. I also have uh, the Harbinger fat bar grips. Essentially, you can put them on dumbbells or barbells, and it turns every weight training exercise into a grip exercise. I'm a big fan of training with weights, even for OCR training, because it makes it progressive, and Harbinger Fitness allows me to continue to work on my grip, even when I'm not necessarily doing like a grip-specific movement. Brennan, what are your thoughts on Harbinger? Yeah, um, piggybacking off that, and extra what we have from the team, I love them because, like you said, they're pretty much in every gym. They're a big fitness equipment company. Um, I recently was in a sporting goods store, and they have Harbinger, like, push-up um, stands to help with different positions on push-ups. They have a door frame, pull-up bar, like you said, the weight vest, and I use all of those. I have all of those. Um, I even have, like, a dip belt. So you might be thinking, okay, well, I don't go do dips necessarily at the gym. Well, for those that are OCR training, I've turned it into my tire drag belt, so it's versatile, but it's an amazing company. They've been around for years. Um, it's known for them, so definitely check them out. Worth getting some weight equipment and use it for OCR-style training, too. Right on. Joining us on today's podcast, we have Michelle Warnke. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I'm going to cover a quick couple of highlights about her if you're not tracking who she is. She's been on American Ninja Warrior six times, has hit the buzzer twice, has made it to Vegas five years, which we'll talk about that a little bit more, but that's it seems like that's got to be a record, for at least for ladies it is, I think. Well, also been fourth place at OCR World Championships twice, so once in 2014 and then once again one of the years in Canada. So definitely, despite being a short course specialist, she can also throw down at OCR World Championships at a very high level, which is impressive. Um, not huge into OCR yet. Maybe there's more of that coming in the future, but has won a Savage Race in the past and typically races one or two OCRs a year so she can qualify for the World Championship. She also owns a gym, Movement Lab Ohio, uh, located in Columbus, Ohio, and with the Wilczewski brothers. If you watch Ninja Warrior, you I'm sure you recognize those names. So again, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about ninja training. We're going to talk about OCR training. We're going to talk a little bit about what's it like to own your own gym and then kind of round it up with some more personal questions at the end. So let's start off yeah. with, like, take me through a week in your ninja training life. <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely depends on which time of year it is. Um, if it's in ninja season, that becomes high priority. Um for me, owning the gym is generally the highest priority, so training kind of has worked around um, managing the gym. But during ninja season, if I do well on ninja, that helps the gym. So then it becomes like a business priority as well. Um, so then it becomes high up on the checklist all, all across the board. So during ninja season, I mean, I definitely will try to get rock climbing um, whenever I can. might be... I used to climb three times a week um, before owning a gym, but now it might be once a week, once every two weeks, or sometimes two or three times a week if I can. Um, and then I'll also do ninja workouts where you're running through courses, you're practicing certain skills. Um, for me, the trampoline is one of the biggest skills that has held me back um, and prevented me from doing better on the show. 
so especially this past year, just doing tons of hours on the trampoline and practicing and doing drills and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it, there is really no typical. Um, it just it, it just varies. And during the off season, I always like to take a break. Um, so generally, as soon as Vegas happens, I'll take you know a few weeks off. That's when I usually ramp up my yard training. And then I'll start getting back into Ninja a little bit um, and then ramp it up more probably around January or so, but keep that baseline you know, relatively high as possible. So for training, and I mean, I myself picture this based on what you see on social media and just my imagination. I imagine yeah. basically a big dip on obstacles all the time at your gym, and you said you run through courses, and so what we see is are you constantly being – going through from obstacle to obstacle, are there times where, like, do you have a specific workout or movement that you like to do, say, yourself in your gym that's not necessarily doing the flying, um, like, this monkey, the spider wall, or, you know, like, something that you just practice movement? Like, do you have those go-to items that we necessarily don't see videos of and they're not as fun, like, your workout training and just stuff? Yeah. Um, so, like, on the obstacle or off the obstacle? Um, kind of the both. I mean, just like what you do yeah. when you're training for an obstacle, whether you're on it and not like necessarily going through it, I guess. To do right, it. right. Yeah, I think my kind of my philosophy, I guess, is to keep my strength up and work on my weaknesses. Um, so, I mean, one common one for ninjas all across the board is dead hangs. So, literally just working, like you guys were talking about um, with the sponsor, working on your grip strength. Um, and so, yeah, doing, um, you know, doing lots of dead hangs, doing lots of climbing, things like that. Um, I know I initially never really did handstands and I don't really care about doing it to look cool or anything, but I know that there are some obstacles like the body prop that essentially you have to be good at handstands because you have to have that pushing power. Um, and core strength, all those things. So I've really worked on the body prop, which is you're basically in between two walls, your feet on one wall, your hands on the other, and you're just flat horizontal um, looking at the ground. And so I've worked that for because that's a weakness for me. Everything, um, but as I've worked on handstands, as I've worked on the body prop, I can do that one. Pretty much no problem now, whereas initially I could barely hold it at all. Um, and then flexibility is another weakness. You get a good jump on the trampoline, you don't need that flexibility, but it's better than sorry because you don't know what type of jump you'll get. So I've worked a little bit on my flexibility. I'm very far from the space or anything. Um, unlike most of the lady ninjas, we're big gymnasts and so most of them are super flexible, really good at flips and hands and like that. I am not one of those. And so I really have, you know, try to work on those weaknesses as well as the trampoline. Um, so, yeah, I would say those. I'm actually, I pretty much only film my training if I'm doing it for my Warranty Challenge Wednesday, which, like, just have a Warranty Challenge on Wednesdays that, that I'll put out there. Um and it was just actually, it came about because I was talking with Steve Graff, one of the other ninjas, and she was like, oh, you should, like, do some coaching on social media. And it was like, I have so many things I'm, I already have as, like, a work item that I don't want to add one more thing that feels like work. And so the Warrior Challenge Wednesday came out because it was like, well, this would be something that can encourage people and challenge people and challenge myself, but it doesn't feel like work. Whereas if I'm doing a video, like, coaching how to do all the different skills and stuff like that, I would feel much more like work. Um, so really, outside of the Working Challenge Wednesday, I pretty much never film any of my training because um, I'm just thankful to get any training time, and so then I don't want to focus on it. And I'll usually train by myself because um, if I'm at the gym and there's clients and employees, then it becomes work because there's just lots of questions or things I need to do or answer or whatever. Um, so a lot of times I'll stay after hours or come four hours and just work out by myself. So, yeah, that's, I guess, the basics of it. 
Cool. Now, since you mentioned the Warnkey Wednesdays, and I know I've seen other people post and reshare those videos, tell people, one, where they can find it, and then, two, give us a couple examples of some of the things you've done in the past. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll post it on Instagram, and then I'll share it to Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, I have a goal of eventually starting to share them on YouTube more, but that I have just hasn't been priority yet. Um, so yeah, if you look up Michelle Warnke on Instagram or um, hashtag Warnke Challenge Wednesday. Um, and then some examples. I know several of the people really liked they did weighted pull-ups, and so like a ton of people were trying that one. Um, handstand push-ups. Again, I'm really bad at those, and so... It was really fun to see the people do extremely well on those or really challenge themselves even if they weren't good at it. So that was really fun to see. Uh, I like to do some balance challenges and some, um, some um, trying to think. Yeah, I do climbing wall challenges. One that I really liked was um, there's different climbing games you can do. So one of them is you start on the wall and then you can't, reach for another handhold until you touch it with your foot. So then you have to touch it with your foot, then you can use it as a handhold, and then you have to go back, find another handhold, touch it with your foot first. So it really works on your endurance, your flexibility, your strength, body awareness. Um, and then another one is you start doing a route on the climbing wall, and you go up one move, then you go back to the start, then you go up two moves back to the start, you go up three moves back to the start, up until you finish it. And I... I mean, that destroyed me at the end, but it was awesome. So, yeah, i just like to come up with, yeah, you guys you guys should try it. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Um, yeah. So you mentioned talking about, like, some of the other ninja girls that have the background of gymnastics, being able to be that flexible, that helps. Um, yeah. Personally, I've heard, but, like, real quick, what's your kind of background, um, athletic, physical background that you have? Or Yeah. Have one. <laughs> right, right, for sure. Um, so I did cross country and track, uh, middle school, high school, and college. And then um, I started rock climbing around second grade with our family. That was like our family activity once a month that we did. Um, and that was a big thing until I started running, and then running kind of took priority. Um, and then as a kid, playing outside all the time, like eight hours a day during the summer, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, anything you could think of. So, yeah, I just love being active, love hiking, all that. Very cool. Evan, I feel like we, we made a mistake and we should have, like, this podcast. I know Michelle's probably like, oh, I'm glad it's just me. We could have done with, with her and her dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> your family, family thing was rock climbing. That reminded me. I was like, oh, my gosh, your dad is, like, another awesome ninja face, and I got to meet him. Yeah. He's an guy, but... um. That was when you said that. That's awesome that, you know, your family did rock climbing together, so that kind of got you going because I feel like the rock yeah. climbers do really well in American Enjoyer and gymnasts. But. Yeah. yeah, no, they definitely do. You have to get to a far enough point for it to be helpful. So it's like if you don't get past the balance and the powerful leg stuff and the trampolines, then you don't get to use your strength. But once you get there, then it really helps. Cool. So while you're doing ninja training or, you know, really preparing for Ninja Warrior, are you still doing any sort of cardio or do you just kind of focus completely on ninja stuff? Yeah, um, I love running. So anytime I get to run, I do. Um, I'd say during ninja season, I might run a couple times a week, but um, not doing like track workouts or hill workouts as much. Um, I might do a few of them. And then as soon as... Vegas is done. That's usually when I ramp up, really trying to get some track workouts in, some workouts, things like that. Um, so I'll kind of do your base, your base cardio during ninja season, and then really push it later. Now I know since you own a gym, a lot of my friends or people we've talked in the past that own a gym say it really kind of starts cutting in on their their workout. And you kind of mentioned some of that at the beginning of the show. But I have talked to other people like Jesse Bruce who finished third at World's Toughest Mudder and was on the podium at North American OCR World Championships who owns one academy in Canada. And he actually said it helps him train better because now he has this like big support structure behind him and uh, kind of taking care of things. So 
Is the okay. owning the gym helpful, hurtful, or do you think it's like neutral? The benefits kind of balance out with the you know, workload you have to do to actually keep the business up and running. Right. Um, I mean, I definitely feel, well, initially I honestly didn't want to own a gym. Um, I kind of argued with that a little bit, like, don't make me do this, uh, because I knew it would cut into training. Uh, but at the same time, it's definitely where I'm supposed to be, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like for myself it does, just because, I mean, there's so much on your mind. There's, you know, anytime I'm in the gym, there's always questions or different things. Or, like, for myself, it, initially especially, it was really hard to turn off my mind as a business owner if I was at the gym. And um, that's where I've kind of done it, where I just work out by myself. Because if I'm there with employees or clients, usually there's some kind of question related work. And so that just makes it tricky, I guess, uh, to focus on working out. Um, so I would say, like, yeah, there's misses and misses. It's like, okay, now I have a trampoline. Initially, before I had a gym, I bought my own trampoline because I hosted events at Vertical Adventures in Columbus, which is a climbing gym. I hosted events for there for like two years before opening a gym, um, but that was just kind of a pleasure thing. Didn't really make any money off of it, but spent a lot of time on it. But So I just bought a trampoline there, um, and I could use it whenever I wanted, but we didn't really have a spider wall, things like that. So... In certain ways, it's like, yeah, I, I have a key I can go in whenever I want and practice that. But then mentally, it's just there's so much going on in your mind that you, like, you know, training is never number one priority anymore. It's the gym is number one priority. And training is important, but not as important. Gotcha. Now, I know there's been a lot of ninjas. Obviously, there's been a lot of ninjas on American Ninja Warrior, right? We're on approaching season 11, I believe it is. And, you know, and they, yeah. there's just right. a lot, they bring a lot of new athletes on every time, but there's some faces that always seem to keep returning. You're one of those faces and you seem to have been able to take essentially your appearances on the show, which, you know, is essentially you're just appearing for them as, as part of their content and you've turned it into a marketable, sustainable business outside of the show. You know, what is it that you think made you be able to do that where I feel like a lot of the other ninjas are maybe not taking advantage of the, the name and brand recognition they've built via the show. Yeah, I actually feel like a lot of ninjas are um, oh, making really? use of that. Um, yeah, especially like the ones who are pretty well known. Um, I, I actually feel like I struggle more in that. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've gotten better, um, but it, it is that tricky thing like you don't want to it's a tricky thing of you don't want to be, like, bragging or promoting yourself in a prideful way, I guess. Um, and so I'll use it in the sense of, like, hey, like, I'd love to see you at the gym. You know, a lot of people have fun and love this, so if you want to be a part of it, great, do it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess it was completely unintentional when I was hosting events at the climbing gym. I actually had a Warnky Warriors website because that was my personal training website. And I had all my personal info on it, like my phone, my personal email, all that. And then they showed me hitting the buzzer on TV, and I got absolutely flooded with emails and phone calls of people who had looked me up. And I honestly felt really overwhelmed initially. I like, was like, there's no way I can respond back to everyone and, like, I didn't have a gym at the time, and so I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm doing this at a climbing gym after hours at really awkward times because that's the only time available. Um, and it was like, well, I don't really want to open a gym, but there's so many people that want me to open a gym. Um, and so it honestly was not anything of my doing, I don't feel like. I feel like it was just – I even had offers of moving elsewhere to train with other ninjas, and I would have – like, that would have naturally been my dream um, to, you know, just focus on training and being, like, a professional athlete. Um, but I just didn't feel like I could leave Columbus because it was like, we've already built up this ninja community for two years, and now all these people want camps and birthday parties and ninja training all the time. 
And so I just felt like, you know, that's what I need to do is stay here and um, open this gym. And so, so yeah, it's, it's honestly been completely intentional. <laughs> but it's been really cool. And I feel it's been awesome to hear about how many people's lives have been affected by it in a positive way. Well, I want to interject and say that from, like, an outsider's perspective, I would say, personally, that you're one of the, like, understated female ninjas, especially for how long and, like, a veteran you've been, because you kind of, like you said, you almost fly under the radar. You don't self-promote you as a brand as much as you do try your company, where I feel like a lot of other ninjas that are known, they're promoting their brand, but it's their, like, them personally. And so I could be mistaken, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Way back when, the first year, and it was like Casey hit the buzzer and you hit the buzzer. You were the second female to hit the buzzer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, maybe I'm totally wrong. Did you not film first and you actually hit it first but aired second? No, it's actually we were that order. Um, the next year, they showed another city in reverse order, and so it's like, and that's where so many people will be like, oh, you're the second woman to buzzer, and, you know, like, Matt Martin was third that year, but it, to me, it's like, it was just three women all in the same season, like, it doesn't really matter, the order, um, so to me, it's just kind of like, oh, it's one of three women to hit the buzzer, um, but, you know, it's a few shows, so they're you know, Casey was technically the first, because um, she did. And my parents actually didn't even know, like, I like to give the insider info, so I already knew she had hit the buzzer. Um, but my parents didn't even know she had yet, so they're like, oh, my gosh, like, the first one ever to hit the buzzer. I'm like, oh, actually, Casey did it a week ago. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, to, to me, it was the same. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, but then she wanted to have a good second night, whereas, again, I was so excited about the getting to the salmon ladder that I totally didn't think about tramp jump, even though it's an easy tramp jump, and just completely my legs buckled and I never got sent to the salmon ladder. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, you know, she just had two really good runs in a row. So, I mean, that's very commendable. So, she's an awesome athlete, and, um, you know, that helps make the show take off because they promoted her so much. So, it's, I mean, and she honestly handled it so well. I just, I just love that I think you're just very. It, maybe it's just humble that you're about your business and your company rather than your brand, and I love that. And my colorful, my colorful story that I have, I don't know if you remember because <laughs> I knew you in Ohio, and when you were like putting this gym together and slaving away all the time, <laughs> I took a bunch of gym and <laughs> went to go visit Michelle. <laughs> And I show up at her gym, guys, and Michelle is asleep in her gym, like, taking a nap. <laughs> she's like, new She's like, yeah, come on, we'll hang out. And then TJ and I show up, and we're like, oh, my gosh, we just woke her up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, honestly, the bump is really comfortable. <laughs> so, I, mean, I definitely took many naps in there, because at that time I was training clients at 6 a.m., <laughs> it worked out well, and I got to see you guys. <laughs> and now it's open and flourishing. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, well, and we're actually moving soon, so that's been a huge, huge thing going on. So, yeah. <laughs> you have other locations in the plans or like the works you know tell us a little bit about the future of your M plans well it's still being decided right now but our lease is up in a few months and so the past six months or so i've just been traveling all over looking for gym spaces and it's not been pretty stressful because you know you have like a certain date that you are going to get kicked out of the gym um and so that's been my main focus really since April um, is finding this space. And there hasn't been a lot of options, and I've been praying about it at the time. Like, okay, God, I know this is in your hands, but I'm really stressed about it. Um, so really being challenged to be trusting and be, like, just have the faith that, you know, we'll all come together in the right time. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make it go well. And then, honestly, this 
<laughs> this past week, I was actually on the couch, like, bawling my eyes out. So I'm like, I just don't know what to do. I can't find anything else. Um, and then later on that day, our broker sent me a list of some new spaces he had found, and I saw one of them on there that I absolutely loved. And so I visited it this past week, and I fell in love with it. So we're working on it. I, we don't, you know, we still have to figure out if it will work and if it will go through. But yeah, so if 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 that happens, we'll be moving in a few within a few months, and it will be really nearby where we're at now. So this will be northern Columbus area. So yeah, been a journey, but it's it's been good. You know, the, uh, thousands of people apply for Ninja Warrior every year, and a lot yeah. of them, you know. Because of that, everyone needs, like, a hook, right? Everyone needs, like, something unique that's going to help them get on the show besides just being a good athlete. Now, I haven't watched all of your seasons, but I feel like, at least for the last couple, like, your hook is just, like, I'm Michelle Warnke, and I'm really good at Ninja Warrior. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, did you have a hook originally, or have you just been, like, you're, like, I'm just really good. Like, that's my thing. <laughs> so, I got – I was blessed in the fact that I – kind of came on the scene before it was known that well. Um, so I, like I said, I hosted events at Vertical Adventures, the climbing gym, and I started building obstacles there really soon after I heard about the show and visited um, Chris Wolcheski's gym in New Jersey, Movement Lab. And I came back to Vertical Adventures and was, like, showing the owner, like, oh, man, we can fit a work wall back here. Oh, we can put this here. And he's like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll help you, and we can, like, help you with, uh, you know, tools and stuff if, if you have people who will help you out. And so I started building things, and then I actually had a producer call me and say, hey, I saw you're building obstacles. Are you going to apply for Ninja Warrior this year? It was like, uh, uh, hi, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that kind of started it all. They just had seen that I was building obstacles, and... And then um, the first year, I was one of the four ladies that made it to the fifth obstacle, so we all got picked to go to Vegas. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess just kind of from there, it's just been, okay, like, this is how I did last year. I'm still hosting events, or, hey, I'm opening a gym, and, you know, would love to do the show again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is kind of my thing. We have this badass, like, OG ninja that didn't even have to have a stick. She's just that awesome. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, the year before I did it, they literally were pulling girls out of the stands to run the course. <laughs> That's crazy. And so, I mean, like, that's literally how few of women knew about the show. And so, it, I mean, it wasn't difficult and I and like whatever <laughs> well funny story so my first year I ran in Baltimore so our first night was canceled because of weather so then they ran both one and they ran both night one and night two all in one night and um the first night I was supposed to be number 103 to go so I would have been at like five in the morning you know super super late in the run order and I was like, sweet, you know, I'll watch tons of people. I'll get to know all the secrets on the course, like how, how the obstacles are faced, like how they look and everything. Um, so then the first night gets canceled. Second night we get there, and I'm thinking, oh, I have like seven, eight hours. And then they gave me a new run number, and I was number 11. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm right away. I won't get to see anyone run. Oh, my goodness. And so – it was funny because my parents were like, I wonder if that means they don't think you'll do very well. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. Like, maybe, but, like, they know I'm building obstacles and all this stuff. So then it was funny. I talked to my producer, and we're good friends, but, like, years later, he was like, yeah, I tried to tell some of the other people, like, I thought you were one of the good girls that season, but they didn't believe me, so they put you really early. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I mean, really, it wasn't like, oh, they had all this faith in me or anything. It was just like, oh, a girl who's building obstacles. Awesome. Oh, that's a good story. I always love hearing, <laughs> I always love hearing some of the behind-the-scenes of Ninja Warrior, you know, because it's, it's a TV right. show in the end, so there's a lot of production and kind of tweaks that go in on the backside. And, um, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, I mean, they don't know, you know, they don't know all these new people, so it's like they just have to guess. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you can see the same thing in OCR, you know, so with some of the live streams of some of the races, occasionally they'll be like, and here's whoever now suddenly in third place who I don't know anything about. And you're like, oh, you know, and some, sometimes they're truly an unknown, but sometimes they're just someone else from a different series, you know, like maybe they primarily run Savage and all of a sudden they're out of Spartan and doing well or, you know, vice versa. So I ran a battle frog that I won one time and I was in like second place. Oh, I was, I was in second or third at the battle frog championships, one of the races. And I remember them being like, Oh, Hey, uh, you know, what's your name? Or like, I don't know, something like that. I was like, yeah, I don't run a lot of races. I know. (laughs) Well, so that'll kind of transition us into OCR talk for you briefly. Um, like, so you have your ninja season and you don't really do a whole lot of OCR, but you have a running background. Do you switch up your training at all? If you're thinking and like going towards an OCR race coming up or something? Very much so, yeah. Um, well, it, it's tricky, though, because there's also Team Ninja Warrior, Ninja versus Ninja, which a lot of times films in the fall. And so, and that's also OCR season. Um, and so it depends on which year. Um, there's also been some, like, big $15,000 top prize ninja competitions. So it kind of depends on what I'm going for. But, yeah, usually as soon as um, June is over, which is when Vegas is, I'll ramp up my mileage. Initially, the first few years of OCR, I was always doing the 15K because I didn't have the short distance. And then one year I did, I think the first year in Canada maybe, um, I did the short and the long. So I was really training the mileage as well. Um, but then I did a ninja event where it was a really challenging warped wall, which is usually no problem for me, but I struggled on it, and um, I realized I had been running distance so much I hadn't worked on my fast twitch very much, and so then the next year I worked on my fast twitch more and chose to only run the short distance at Worlds, um, which is probably what I will keep doing because I've decided... You know, I want to do everything. I want to do the short, I want to do the long, and I want to do ninja. But you can't be – it's very difficult to be good at all of them. I also love World Toughest Mudder. Did it once but didn't put it in the distance, and it showed. So um, so I've decided, okay, I'll stick to ninja and the short OCR training because those go hand-in-hand hand enough. So, yeah, I'll put in – when I'm going for OCR, I'll try to put in two to three just – basic running days and then try to get in two to three workout days, whether it's hills, track workouts, um, a fart lick or a tempo run, something like that. So yeah, then, I mean, during OCR season, running becomes a priority. And I was so excited this year after Vegas to get running. And then I pulled my hamstring early on. So then I had to totally not do OCR this year, which is a bummer, but next year, hopefully. (laughs) So since you brought it up, and obviously it's one of my favorite topics, World's Toughest Mudder, yeah. any interest in doing any of those ultra OCRs, Toughest Mudder, the, which was used to be eight hours and is now 12, actually, or World's Toughest Mudder, the 24-hour? Yeah, so I did the World's Toughest Mudder, um, and I accidentally read an article ahead of time that someone was saying, oh, mileage isn't really that important, just make sure you get hills and things like that in, and so I was planning on doing a lot of mileage, and then I changed it, which I, I, you know, I should have also in my mind been like, okay, that person has a lot of mileage already. I don't. So, you know, use common sense. I didn't. Uh, so I'd I, like to, I would like to interject. I did not. I was not the author of that article. I do recommend not, a lot of mileage. Not, I'm, I'm not mentioning name for sure because it was not their fault. <laughs> it was my fault that I chose to do that because they have tons of mileage. Um so, yeah, and that that training history makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's why that's why you can't take the world's or the some of the best OCR athletes, right, and just co- carbon copy their plan because you know they might have twenty years of running from high school to their current <laughs> age or whatever. You know, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's so true, and that's one thing I've discovered too. Like I'm 34 now. When I was 25, I could pick up and run three hours no problem. But now that I'm 34 and I ran the World Service Mudder and kind of destroyed my body from that, I, you know, I have to gradually build up, whereas I didn't have to used to do that. Um, 
So, yeah, I did do um, 2013, I believe. I did the World Seven Mutter. I was in fourth place at one point, and then around 45 miles, my body's like, yeah, this is already, like, three times longer than you've ever run. Yeah, we don't like you anymore. <laughs> We're going to stop working. <laughs> so then I, like, crawled, like, I pretty much limped the last uh, two five-mile laps. So I got 55 miles, I think 242 obstacles. Um, but I, I, my last two laps, I was completely demolished. Um, so I'm not going to lie. There's times where I'm like, oh, it would be fun to, like, ramp my mileage up and really go for it again. But I, I can't do that if I'm focused on Ninja and the shorter distance. So it would have to be when I'm done with Ninja probably. But there's, I mean, even this past time when Amy Padgett was training and we were talking a lot, I'm like, oh, I wanted to <laughs> But I shouldn't because that would be really dumb. I mean, I literally, I couldn't walk. I had someone carrying me the next two days after the world's toughest mutter. And, again, because I was not smart in how I did it. And I had three wetsuits on most of the race, which kills your hip flexors. Yeah, that'll add a lot of weight to you. Yeah. Like, just, like, three wetsuits covered in water are heavy. Like, yeah. Like, sheer weight. Yeah. And restricts movement. Your hip flexors yeah. are not used to fighting material, much less, like, 11 millimeters of material. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so, I think that might be a record for the most amount of uh, neoprene I've ever heard anyone wear. So, I am impressed. Freezing. <laughs> but I was going so slow, like I couldn't keep my body temperature up because I was limping so bad. Yeah, yeah. It was, pretty, it was pretty pathetic. I went in with not a lot of experience or knowledge. <laughs> so I would definitely do things very differently. But it was, it was very fun. I think I ended up in like ninth place. Um, but that was also before I think a lot of new ladies came out who do ultra stuff. So yeah, no, I would, I would love to consider it, but it would likely probably have to be after ninja days are over or not priority. Yeah. Makes sense. But it's fun. <laughs> Something. So tell us a little bit about uh, movement lab, Ohio. Like what obstacles are you guys known for? What do you have in the gym? Give me a, give me some rundowns on the details of the gym. Yeah, for sure. So we opened up like three and a half years ago. We have, you know, your regular classes, all ages, that's one thing I love. You know, we have a lot of five-year-olds. Is Five is our lowest right now. We want to have three and four in the new gym. Um, so we go from five, and like we said, my dad's 61, 62 now. He's 62, so um, he trains there. And he actually teaches our one of our classes, our Ninja Light class for beginners. Um, and so that's one thing I love is it's not – I mean, other than if you're super young, <laughs> uh, it's, it doesn't, you're not restricted based on your age. And so we have a lot of kids. We have preteens, we have teenagers, we have adults, and we have older adults. Um, so we do competitions. We actually have a Lab Rats team. Um, Lab Rats was Chris Bryan, Wolcheski, and I, our Team Ninja Warrior name. And then we just continue to use that for the gym. So we have a group that trains more seriously and that's our lab rats team they do tryouts and then they travel to competitions things like that um there's a national ninja league among gyms all over the country where from like june or july until february there's competitions almost every weekend across the country and top three guys top three girls qualify to finals and this year the finals will be at drew dreschel's gym in february and so that's a big thing. So now when the show's done, that's the huge focus. Um, people want to make it to the NNL finals. That's a big, a big exciting thing right now in the ninja world. So we host NNL competitions. We'll also just host like mini comps to get people used to training and competing. Um, we'll do, sometimes we'll do uh, workshops with acro yoga, things like that. Um, and like I brought in Jamie Ron, Captain NBC, and so him and I did some workshops, and then like I said, birthday parties, summer camps, winter camps, all that stuff. So yeah, it's just a lot of different things, and we want to even add some more to it. And we also do, we do ninja training, we do parkour training, and we also do obstacle course racing training. So I love, I love having OCR in there too. That's a big thing I'm passionate about. Yeah, sounds like a great time. I know I go to the Ninja Gym specifically to work on my obstacle technique. Uh, one of the things 
I believe, is you, you look at any sport and its progression over time, things get harder, right? So, like, the gymnastics moves they were doing in 1970 compared to today are, like, completely different. Same thing with yeah. figure skating or high diving. And I think we'll see the same thing in OCR where as the sport continues to progress, you'll get more ninja-like obstacles and less, uh, you know, less easier kind of speed bumps in the road that we've seen in some of the other races. So I know our brand that we like to represent, uh, Conquer the Gauntlet, is, you know, I think we saw that this year big time, especially in the rig where they had floating boards, which, again, I've never seen at a OCR before. And it it decimated the field pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, and that's what's crazy is, like, the first year at Worlds, that long rig destroyed most people. And I think Amy, Patrick, and I, we were running together. We went from, like, in the teens or 20s placement-wise to being second and third for most of the race just because everyone else got stuck at the rig. And then because of that, everyone started training the rig. And so, you know, take out the (laughs) unstable bridge you guys had. But, like, now people are so much better at the rig than they were four years ago. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've heard so much about Conquer the Gauntlet and how good it is with obstacles. Yeah, for those of you that are in Ninja that are looking to make a transition to OCR or maybe just dipping your toe into OCR, I think Conquer the Gauntlet is the series for you. Um, yeah. The only the only challenge is, it's, again, Conquer the Gauntlet runs right down the middle of the country. So between Des Moines and Dallas, basically you draw a line and kind of you know do 100 miles on each side of that, and that's where... That's where Conquer the Gauntlet runs. So you may have to travel to it. Uh, Dallas is t- typically the easiest one to get to just because Dallas is a flight hub. So it's a little <laughs> yeah. easier. Unless you live in the middle of the country, then whatever's driving distance will be easier. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Man, flashing to Ohio that first year when Michelle was there and like everyone was like, who are these people? I was like, those are ninjas. That's why they're kicking me <laughs> <the> butt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you were sitting in line in front of me at the pre-race dinner and you turned around and I was like, I know you from, like, where have you raced? And you're like, I don't really race. Like, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, and that's, um, (laughs) the, um, uh, Mud Guts and Glory, which I really missed that race. Um, but yeah, in Cincinnati area, um, where they used to host OCR Worlds, too. Um, I loved that course. And I remember the first time running a Mud Guts and Glory, and I got second to Amelia Boone. And they're like, oh, my goodness, who are you? Like, have you been running? I'm like, well, I actually just started running a few weeks ago, but, like, I am a runner. I just haven't been training it a lot. And they're like, you weren't that far behind Amelia. Oh, my goodness, like, you should do this more. And I was like, I would love to, but I have Ninja, you know. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things I think Amy and I both have that challenge of, like, okay, how much do we focus on OCR? How much do we focus on Ninja? Because they have the gym, um, and Ninja's kind of been a like, little bigger part. It's like Ninja has kind of won sometimes. I almost, When Battle Frog was big, I almost went full out. Like, Amy and I both bought season passes, but then that season kind of fell apart um, for Battle Frog. So then it was like, because I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, dude, if I really train this, I think I could do well. And then that series kind of went away. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll stick with Ninja. <laughs> But, no, yeah, I love how there's a crossover now. And, like, even seeing ninjas coming out to OCR Worlds was so cool in Canada a few years ago. It was like, oh, my goodness, we have some ninjas here, too, you know. And, like, it was ones who were better at running as well. But I love seeing, yeah, I love seeing the crossover. The ninja community also seems to have, like, a very big Christian component, right? Like, there's the papal ninja. Um, You seem to be very religious and vocal about it. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Thorne, I've seen some stuff on her. I saw something at like a ninja competition, I think it was a couple months ago, where they were like baptizing people after the after the event. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, why do you think there's such a big um, crossover there, or is there a reason, or is just you know it just happened to be a collection of people who have the same beliefs? So yeah, I would say honestly, a lot of it I think is answered prayer. Um, my first year. First season in Baltimore and then Vegas, and the whole time I was praying like God, I would love to meet some other ninjas that are Christians. And the, the first few months I didn't. And then in Vegas I was praying like, there's a hundred ninjas here. There's got to be some other Christians. 
and was praying about it, and then finally it was Thursday, and I think we were competing Friday, and then you go home. And it was like, God, we only have two more days with everyone. Please, if, if there are any ninja Christians here, please um, help me to meet them somehow. And then it was really cool that night. There was like a seven-hour where you hang out. I do hero shots and video stuff. Um, so you just literally hang out in the tent for hours and hours and talk to ninjas. So, yeah, so we are just hanging out in the tent, and uh, one guy came up to me and said, Hey, did you have a Bible verse on your leg in Baltimore? He's like, Yeah, are you a Christian? He's like, Yeah. So we chatted a little bit. I was super excited. And then later on, I was sitting down in the tent, and I had someone be like, Hey, did you talk about a prayer journal in your submission video? He's like, Yeah, are you a Christian? And he's like, Yeah. So then we started chatting, and then Travis Rosen, who's a big-name old-school ninja, um, he was listening, and he's like, hey, wh- what are you guys talking about over there? And so we told him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a believer, too. And and he actually knew someone else who was a believer, and so he brought that guy, Dustin Rocco, over. And, um, and so then the five of us were in the tent and just, like, circled up in this, you know, like a circle of chairs, all just talking really intently. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, my goodness, God is just totally answering this prayer. And so then the next day we met at Travis's room, and we just had um, a prayer time, and we also had a Bible study time. And Travis shared with us, Travis Rosen, he had been praying for ninjas, to be, you know, Christian ninjas, since he had been doing it, which was like season two, I think. I started season five. Um and he had actually written out ninja devotionals um, to share with people someday in the future. And so he shared some of, his, uh, some of his devotionals, and it was just an amazing, amazing time. And I was, I mean, I had been praying for like six, seven months to meet other Christian ninjas. And so honestly, like that night, I was competing, and I didn't care at all. I was like, oh, whatever, God's so awesome. Like, we just had an amazing prayer time. This is incredible. I made, made it through the first obstacle and then on the second obstacle I was like woo this is fun and then I saw in the water I was like oh yeah you're supposed to jump on the trampoline you're not supposed to just like casually you know land on it (laughs) so I was honestly just so excited about God doing that and just providing this group of ninjas and so since then at regionals um, you know generally we'll find other people who are ninja Christians and and we'll kind of make an announcement a lot of times, just, hey, if anyone's a Christian and wants to join us in prayer, or even if you're not a Christian, you're welcome to join. We're just going to do a little prayer time before we compete. Um, and then same thing in Vegas. And then actually at, at Team Ninja Warrior, we even had time, because we were together much longer, we had time to do like a ninja church where we had some people doing worship songs. We had someone giving a sermon and just kind of sharing things and talking about stuff afterwards. So, yeah, it's just been so cool. And then since then, God has brought so many other Ninja Christians. You know, Maggie is definitely one of them. There's so many. Um, I I don't even want to try to list them because there's too many. I would feel bad I'd forget some. Um, But, yeah, it's just been incredible. And so now we also have a prayer group on Messenger that's like Vegas Ninjas because we did a prayer time in Vegas. And then um, we'll just kind of keep you each other posted throughout the year of, hey, can you be lifting up this? This is really struggling. And, like, Travis had a serious injury this past year, and we've been praying for him a ton, checking up on him, and it's incredible to see. Like, literally, the doctors weren't sure if he'd ever be able to run again, ever be able to compete again. And and then they were like, well, okay, maybe you'll be able to, but it's going to take a long time, like probably at least a year. And then now they actually gave him the okay a few weeks ago to run again. And, like, you know, just light jogging. But still, it's just, you know, such a different timeline. And so it's just been so cool to see God answer so many prayers throughout all of our journeys. So, And we even had a group go to Haiti together to serve um, with uh, world orphans in Haiti. So it was awesome as well to, like, have the group of ninjas serve overseas together. And I know there's other groups that have gone other places, too. So, yeah, it's just been really incredible. Cool. That's a great story. I love it. Absolutely love it. We need to, if she gets more involved with um, OCR, if she starts to focus on that more, we need to put her in touch with um, OCR Gives Back, Steve McCollum, because that would be Yeah. Amazing. He would love for me, too. <laughs> We've talked about it. Um, I, 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 I love to um, just put 
And we lost her again. Oh, geez. So much editing. There's so much editing to do. I hate this. All right. We're, we're going to start wrapping it up here. Before we get to our final couple of questions, though, um, since we were talking about religious stuff and we're approaching Christmas, I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It's kind of a trick question. But let's see. Let's see if anyone answers it. Brenna, you can go first, and then uh, Michelle. So, in the Bible, how many wise men slash magi slash whatever we're gonna call them kings um, show up to uh, Jesus's uh, birth? Or three. Yeah. Okay, Michelle, what's your answer? Uh, it is unknown. We only know the number of gifts they brought. Or Boom! You got it. You got it. I love it. A major scene. <laughs> yeah. So the, the question for sure. <laughs> yeah. So the Bible says that like wise men or magi, whatever you want to call them, show up and they show up bearing three gifts. And people always assume that means three gifts means three people when it could have been two people with three gifts or ten people with three gifts, right? So that's my uh, holiday trivia Bible question you can share with your family. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks. Stumped me. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's it's purposely trick. Well, it's not purposely trickful, but it's um, you know, it's playing on biases that we've had. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now we'll get into final questions. So we like to ask one thing people would be surprised to know about you. So Michelle or Brenna, whoever wants to go first. We can let our guests go first today, Michelle. <laughs> All right. So I would say. I don't know that a lot of people know this. Um, I speak Russian. What? So I lived in Kazakhstan for five years teaching English with a Christian organization. So I learned Russian. I did not learn the grammatical type. I learned uh, conversational fluency. So I sound like a kindergartner and my grammar is terrible, but I can speak and hear Russian, understand it. Cool. Nice. That's pretty impressive. Evan, do you know any Russian? So I'll I'll use that as my uh, one thing people don't know about me is so I I never know I don't know any Russian but I did go to like Greek school for two years growing up oh. and I was a very stubborn kid and refused to learn so <laughs> my family's trying to teach me Greek I refuse to learn because um, I'm pretty good at school right I'm pretty good at other things but the only thing I retained was the alphabet and that was important because in 2000 let's see what was it year uh, 2007. Um, when I was deployed to Iraq, they said, you know, you have mid-tour leave so you can go anywhere in the world. And like 99% of the people go home because they want to see their family. And I was like, well, I have a free plane to get anywhere in the world, so let's go someplace super expensive. And that answer is Russia. So I went to, So I went to Russia. I went to Moscow and St. Petersburg for about 17 days. I had my uh, wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, fly over and meet me there. And I get in, I land in Russia, and I'm like, well – St. Petersburg, right? Like tourist capital of the Russia. Surely people speak English and things are in English. No, there's literally nothing in English. Every sign is was Russian. Every like everything's Russian. And because of my two years of Greek school, I could read the signs like phonetically. I could sound them out and compare them to my guidebook, which was in English. Um, so that's how I made my way around Russia. And this is before cell phones, really. So or before I had a cell phone. So. I literally sh- like landed in Russia, like, and I could have fallen off the face of the earth. Like, someone could have like shanked, shanked me in an alley, and that would have been it for me. Wow! So. What year was that? Two thousand and seven, September. Oh man! I literally just, I, yeah, I would have been in Kazakhstan for my second year, so I had friends living in Saint Petersburg that year. Oh no way! <laughs> super cool, super cool experience though, uh, but little difficult to navigate through. <laughs> nice. All right, Brenna, you're up. Um, can't speak Russian, barely speak Spanish. So my fact about me, completely different yet again on today's podcast. <laughs> People don't know when you look at me and can't tell. Majority of my two front teeth are fake. Oh. Yeah. That is crazy. That is there crazy. There's story so, there? Yeah, nothing too thrilling. I was in third grade and I, um, my mom used to walk the block in the evenings and I would rollerblade next to her. And she would take my hand and, like, slingshot me so I'd, you know, zoom really fast on my rollerblades. (laughs) Yeah. And so she did that, and all was well until I hit one of those, like, spills from a dump cement truck that just kind of, like, splattered down the road. And so it was dried cement on the concrete. 
face planted and just literally bit the ground and chipped, like, both my front teeth were completely from the top gum all the way to the, like, diagonal to the side. So I had this giant triangle gap missing. (laughs) Ouch! It hurt so bad. But all I remember, this is, like, the runner athlete in me, um... I, my mom scheduled an emergency dentist appointment to go, like, get this fixed and taken care of so I didn't look like a freak forever. And I refused to go the very next day because it was, like, a turkey trot fun run at school. (laughs) And I didn't want to miss that. So I went to school, like, missing teeth and and looking all goofy, busted face, ran (laughs) away, and went and got my teeth, like, veneer caps. And then I've had to change them, like, Every 10 years since I was in third grade to, like, match my teeth color. So I have fake teeth. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a good one. (laughs) All right, we're going to get going. But, again, before we go, final shout-outs to sponsors, family, friends. Uh, Michelle, you're up first. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys for having me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, We'll, we'll switch to Brenna. We can go back to Michelle if needed. Um, shout out to CTG sponsor. I'm going to mix it up. Let's give a shout out to Beat Performer. Um, love it. It's a great, basically straight beet juice uh, in a can. It's great for uh, anti-inflammation for after workouts, B12 vitamins, and it is just beet juice, nothing else. Um, we give it out as samples at our Conquer the Gauntlet races that you come to. Um, I tell everybody, like, a lot of people put beets in their smoothies, so it's great to add to it. I do say it has a very earthy taste. Some people say it tastes like dirt, but I'm going to say it's earthy because it is what it is. They're delicious. But they do have also two other flavors, a cherry performer, which is just tart cherry juice. And I love it because it's so sour, so tart, and it's really great for post-workout recovery and post-activity for um, inflammation. And then they have a, what's the beet performer with passion fruit, correct, Evan? That's like kind of sweetens. It's beet juice with passion fruit juice, so it sweetens it up a bit. But check it out. Um, it's on Amazon sold. We have an affiliate code on our website for CTG Protein that you can get that or off of Facebook. And I've also heard there's stores like, um, I think HEB down in Texas has it. So you can find it in different stores and it's sold with the juices and like V8 juice and stuff. So check it out. I love it. Cool. I also have a lot of articles that have built up from the end of the season that are all coming out right now. So on Mud Run Guide, there's one about military veterans at World's Toughest Mudder. There's an article on Mud Run Guide about Atlanta versus Las Vegas at World's Toughest Mudder, kind of the difference between the <laughs> two events. There's a article on Softleet that is published as of today as we're, we're recording this. It talks about uh, basically a quitter's translation guide. So that's uh, me running my mouth about quitting, which is always a bold move before you do a bunch of ultra-endurance events. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I put my money where my mouth is, and it, it panned out pretty good this year, so uh, no regrets there. Nice. And then on the Strength and Speed website, if you look at the articles section on there, a bunch of articles just posted. One of them was uh, about expectations versus reality for Endure the Gauntlet 4.8. Another one was training for ultra-distance OCR with Harbinger. And a third one was about UFOs, recovery sandals used for ultra-endurance recovery. So lots of stuff coming out, plus a couple more on Mud Run Guide that have not been published, uh, including stuff from Inside Tracker. So if you're looking for good stuff to read, there is a plethora of stuff coming at you. Um, Michelle, any final words before we go? Um, yeah, so uh, I was going to say, I mean, obviously you guys are welcome to check out Movement Lab Ohio in Columbus. Um, there's also Movement Lab in New Jersey and California you guys can look up. And um, also Atomic Holds um, have done a lot of sponsorship with me, and they have just really awesome both rock climbing holds as well as um, – sorry, just a second. i got to switch over. Uh, okay, should I start over on that? <laughs> no, you're good. Just keep rolling. <laughs> okay. Um, so Atomic Holds also um, sponsors me, and – they have provided a lot of awesome holds at the gym, and they've actually been used on American Ninja Warriors. So they have a lot of awesome rock holds, and they also have hanging things, trainers, a lot of incredible stuff. So you can look up Atomic Climbing Holds. Um, is a great company. But, yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me. My pleasure being here. And, obviously, we're a huge fan of Atomic. Um, it's also been used on Ultimate Beastmaster, some of the holds on their final wall. 
and we were Team Atomic for World's Toughest Motor this year. So, oh, nice! Huge fan, huge fan. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I, you have a code too, don't you? you have a discount code, Michelle? Yeah, uh, yeah. My discount code is Warnky, so you can get ten yep. percent off for that. Yeah, so hit up Atomic Climbing Holds. Don't forget to hit up the Deals of the Day section where they give you free holds. You can add to your order and use uh, Warnke for 10% off. All right, we're going to get going. Michelle, again, thanks for coming on the show. It's been fun. Yeah, thank Hopefully you. we'll see you at more OCRs this season, and we will catch up with you later. To. Yeah. Take care. Bye. All right.